March 17th, the New Testament, the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 36 through 52. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher and was very old. She was a widow, for her husband had died when they'd been married only seven years. She was now 84 years old. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about Jesus to everyone who had been waiting for the promised king to come and deliver Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom beyond his years, and God placed his special favor upon him. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was twelve years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first, because they assumed he was with friends among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him. He was in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, discussing deep questions with them. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. You should have known that I would be in my father's house. But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. So Jesus grew both in height and in wisdom, and he was loved by God and by all who knew him. So my question is, do you have a holy ambition? Not everyone should have Paul's, clearly. He doesn't expect the church in Rome to go with him to Spain. One plants, another waters. Each has his own gift. Each stands and falls before his own master. This is not a sermon trying to get everybody to be like Paul. But... I think God would be pleased if all of his children had a holy ambition. I think he would be pleased if all of his children had a holy ambition. Little children, uh, heads up. If you can understand me right now, kids, I want you to listen carefully. I know the term 
Holy ambition is a big term. It's a big word. It's not something you use every day. Here's what it means. This is for children. It means something you really, really, really want to do and God wants you to do also. That's a holy ambition. A holy ambition, something you really, 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 really want to do and keeps you from doing other things you really want to do that are also good, but you do this and it's something God wants you to do also. It kept Paul from going to Rome when he wanted to go to Rome much. He wanted to preach more from Jerusalem to Illyricum. Children, do you have a holy ambition? And my answer to that is probably not. Children probably don't yet have one of these. You're only a child. And that's what you're supposed to be. Someday, you won't be a child anymore. And one of the differences between being a child and growing up is that growing up as a Christian means you get a holy ambition. That's one of the differences between being a little child and being a mature Christian. Most little girls, if I'm learning anything from Talitha, like to have and play with dolls. Molly. Samantha. Felicity. Addie. You wonder how I know the names of these dolls? It's because I called my daughter in Barnesville, Georgia this morning and said, remind me of the names of the dolls. I want the girls to recognize the names of the dolls when I mention this. She rattled them off. And she said, there are more. Do you want more? I said, that'll do. Most little girls really, really, really want to have a special doll and play with it with friends. Someday, that good thing is going to go away. That good thing is going to go away. The day's going to come when you little girls will grow up and you will put away the happiness of playing with the dolls for a bigger, better joy of caring for real babies in the nursery or some very hungry babies far, far away and you may lead a ministry that will feed them or some very lonely babies that have no mommy and daddy, you will lead the ministry that cares for those little babies. But you won't play with dolls forever. It's a good thing for a 10-year-old Talitha to play with dolls if she begins to dream a dream. Little boys, boys, Listen for a minute. If you are like I was, what you want is a ball 
truck, and the gun. I've never owned a real gun. Pellet rifle, as far as I've ever gotten, have no gun now. I did shoot a lot of bad guys with my Matt Dillon pistol and my Lucas McCain handle round rifle. And I loved playing football in the backyard even after we broke Billy Shaughnessy's neck playing tackle. He turned out okay, that's why I can say it so lightly. So we did play tackle, it was none of this stupid flag ball. I mean, we, we were men! <clears throat> stupid men, but we were little, little warriors. And I loved digging roads. Sonny Paul had a bank in his yard, and I had a shovel and half a dozen trucks, and we dug roads for those trucks made a town and I love to draw my pistol so fast you couldn't see it it was fun it was good it was good but someday you little boys and big boys will grow up and the difference between a little boy and a grown-up boy, grown-up man, a Christian man, is that you will get a holy ambition. You will get a holy ambition. You will put away childish things. And that means that the fun of guns and trucks and balls will get small, and the joy of fighting justice, in fighting for justice and salvation will get big, Growing up means getting a holy ambition to wield the sword of the Spirit mightily, drive a truckload of love to the needy, and kick Satan's rear end in the name of Jesus. That will start to be vastly more joyful than your little trucks and balls and guns. And the mark of maturity so here are the implications of this, adults. The mark of moving from a child to an adult is that you get a holy ambition. Psalm 60, verses 1 through 12. We'll read about being broken. David and Joab were leading the armies of Israel against two enemies in the north, when a third enemy invaded in the south. When you get one problem solved, another one comes along, doesn't it? It seemed that God had abandoned his people and that the end was near. We'll read also about being bold. As David did not run away, instead, he boldly lifted God's banner of truth and listen for God's word of assurance. The Lord is our banner, and we can trust Him to give the victory. His banner over us is love. He sings over us. We are, in fact, God's love song. The name David means beloved. 
God's people are beloved, not in themselves, but in Jesus Christ, the beloved one. In the midst of life's battles, remember that God loves you. And we'll read about believing. God assured David that he was in control of the nations. So David and Joab stepped out by faith and won both battles. When you feel broken, you are still his beloved. If you believe, you can boldly win the battle. So remember to march under God's banner of truth. Psalm 60, verses 1 through 12. For the choir director, a psalm of David, useful for teaching regarding the time David fought Aram Nahiram and Aram Zobah, and Joab returned and killed 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt, to be sung to the tune, Lily of the Testimony. You have rejected us, O God, and broken our defenses. You have been angry with us. Now restore us to your favor. You have shaken our land and split it open. Seal the cracks before it completely collapses. You have been very hard on us, making us drink wine that sent us reeling. But you have raised a banner for those who honor you, a rallying point in the face of attack. Use your strong right arm to save us, and rescue your beloved people. God has promised this by His holiness. I will divide up Shechem with joy. I will measure out the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim will produce my warriors, and Judah will produce my kings. Moab will become my lowly servant, and Edom will be my slave. I will shout in triumph over the Philistines. But who will bring me into the fortified city? Who will bring me victory over Edom? Have you rejected us, O God? Will you no longer march with our armies? Oh, please help us against our enemies, for all human help is useless. With God's help, we will do mighty things, for He will trample down our foes. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 15 Guaranteeing a loan for a stranger is dangerous. It is better to refuse than to suffer later.